This episode contains adult language and topics that may be disturbing for some listeners. Such topics include suicide, drug use, physical or sexual abuse of a child. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Grant. And I'm Erica. And this is From From Crime Crime to to Crime. Crime. Welcome back to From Crime to Crime. Hey, it's good to be back. <laughs> yeah, we took a couple of weeks off, but hey, we're back now. We're doing it. We're we're in full swing again. Yeah, don't worry, guys. We didn't do anything fun. We just helped other people move. <laughs> Not super exciting. But what is super exciting is we're going to do something different today than we normally do. Yeah, it's something I've been wanting to do for a while, and, and Erica and I have been talking about doing for a while. And what are we doing, Erica? Yeah, so we normally don't cover cases that are like active and new infos released every day. And one of the reasons is because we don't ever want to bandwagon on sensational stories. Like, that's not really our style. But the other reason is because we're super bad at the tech end of this podcast. So (laughs) when... So when cases are like active, by the time we record and edit and post it, it's like old news, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's why we go for old news. <laughs> that way we have yeah. time and then yeah. <laughs> it's still the same. <laughs> Never knew. Yeah. But this week I've been way too obsessed with this case not to talk about it. Yeah, you've been super into this, and you even told me, don't look anything up. I want to tell you everything. I'm like, "Ah, okay, you're not going to argue. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. Well, because this one's like a real murder mystery. Like Like Clue? Kind of. Okay. Like, we have so much information, but the more information that's released publicly, the less you know what the hell's going on. (laughs) Like. Wow, that's great. (laughs) Yeah, like in the beginning, it's like, okay. You know, and then you start to get more and more clues and then you're like, well, this makes less sense than it did a week ago. So what the heck? Probably like that Heidi Plank case that's going on right now that we've talked about and looked at, but we just don't really know what's going on with it. Yeah. So since Grant doesn't know anything about this case, I'm positive that you haven't looked anything up. You asked me not to and I said, okay, sounds good. Yeah. So I'm going to start at the beginning, which was less than a month ago. So... I appreciate that. So Saturday, September 10th of this year at 6.01 p.m., Deborah Collier is reported missing by her husband, Steve, and her 36-year-old daughter, Amanda Bearden. Steve and Debbie have only been married since 2013, so obviously second marriage or maybe third. I don't know. It's a later marriage. (laughs) Steve is not Amanda's dad is the point. Amanda's 36, so he's her stepdad. Okay. And Debbie works as an office manager for a real estate company, and they live in Athens, Georgia. So far, we know that Debbie has a daughter named Amanda, who's 36, and at least one other adult child, a son who lives in Maryland. Okay. So her daughter Amanda and her boyfriend Andrew had been living in Maryland also until about two days before this whole thing starts. They moved back to Athens on Thursday, September 8th. Wow, really recent. You weren't kidding. Like You said this was a recent case, but you weren't kidding. Yeah, so Steve calls 911 at 6 p.m. on Saturday the 10th to report his wife missing. And this missing person's report really doesn't make the news right immediately because just like always, police are kind of like, yeah, she's an adult, she'll show up. <laughs> Right. But what Steve and Amanda tell the police is that Steve was at work on Saturday. He works for a company that parks cars for the Georgia Bulldogs game. 
Yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that's cool. It's not a very cool job, but <laughs> yeah, game's cool. But he gets to be at the game, so that's cool. Outside of it, but yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Maybe he gets to go inside at some point. Yeah. So he tells the police that he's been at work all day on Saturday, and he hadn't seen Debbie since Friday night at about 9 p.m. when she went to bed. When he left for work before 9 a.m. on Saturday, he assumed that she was still sleeping because they don't share a room. Mm. But he thought she was still sleeping because her car was still there. She had a rental car at the time because her car was in the shop and her rental car was still there. So he just assumed she was asleep and he left. Pretty fair assumption. Yeah. So Steve also tells police that when he got home, he thought Debbie was grocery shopping because that was her normal routine on Saturdays. But when her daughter Amanda showed up at their house and told him about a strange message that she had got from Debbie at 3.17 p.m. that day, Steve immediately called 911 because it didn't sound like Debbie. So Debbie sent Amanda a Venmo, you know, like a money transaction. Uh Uh-huh. But on Venmo, you could put like a memo. Right. And the memo said, they are not going to let me go. Love you. There is a key to the house in the blue flower pot by the door. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. And it was also accompanied by a $2,385 transfer. Wow. That's obviously no small transfer. Like, right. Okay. All right. Yeah. So this is mysterious shit. Like, um, what yeah. the hell? I'm very mystified. Yeah, so when Amanda gets this message, she can't get a hold of Debbie, and Amanda and Steve have been looking for Debbie. They can't get a hold of her, and they're really concerned, especially because of this Venmo message. Yeah, right? Like, that's really weird. Also kind of a good way to, like, let someone know you're missing, because who would think to check Venmo? Yeah, which is, you know, we'll get to in the theories, but it's like, if she could send a Venmo, why couldn't she send a text? But we'll get to that in the theories. So police put out a bolo right away, and they tell them they'll keep a lookout for her. Like, That's yeah, a we'll let you know. be on the lookout, by the way, for anybody new to the podcast. I had to learn that, too, so don't feel bad. Yeah. But like I said, it's, it doesn't seem like right up front the police are doing, like, a whole lot. I mean, they took the report, and they put a, a bolo out and all that kind of stuff, but they're not, like, really investigating. Right. And the 911 calls from Steve, Amanda, and Debbie's sister were released a few weeks later. We didn't have them at the time, but we have them now. So I'm going to play them just to try to keep a as linear timeline as possible, even though they were released later. I'm going to play them for you now. So if you've heard these 911 calls, you could skip ahead like eight minutes because people in the South talk real slow. <laughs> oh, it, it'll drive you nuts, Grant. This 911 call is going to drive you nuts. Does they have, like, molasses in their mouth? Yeah. Yes. Uh, came home, my wife was at home, her driver's license is still in there, the rental car is gone, and her daughter's here, and we were kind of worried about what's happening and where she's at. I was wondering if you could send somebody over here. Okay. Do you have any medical issues? Is she like Alzheimer's or something like that? Uh, no, no, she's uh, 59 years old. No, she has no medical issues or something like that. And according to her daughter who went up and uh, her purse is still here with her driver's license. The only thing is the phone is gone and she sent her daughter a text about two hours ago saying they won't let me go. Whatever that means, we don't know. And I've been gone all day parking cars for the football game. And, 
Okay, so she sent your daughter a text message saying that they my stepdaughter, stepdaughter, that they won't let her go. Yeah, they got. She got text message saying that. And it come from her number, right? What, what is um? What's your name, sir? Steve Collier. What's your last name for me? C O L L I E R. And your wife's name? Deb Deborah. Deborah. Uh, we call it Debbie, but it's D B O R R A H. Same last name? Collier, yes. How old is she? Is that 59? 59. She just turned 59. You just returned home, right? Pardon me? You just returned home, right? Yes, I just returned home. I was parking cars uh, until about 4.30, and when I came back, the, the van that she had rented because the car was in the shop uh, was gone. I figured she was shopping for food. Okay, so, you, so and her car is there? Pardon me? Her, her, her van is not here. Okay. But her driver's license and what else is there? Right, yeah, her driver's license is here. What else did she leave? For the purse or anything else? Uh, yeah, she left her purse and her credit cards are here. When was the last time um, she was seen? Uh, well, I left at 9 o'clock. She was still sleeping. So, last night. I mean, she was went to bed last night, and I left, and the van was here. So, is your stepdaughter there, though? I mean, did she, did she see her today? Pardon me? Did your stepdaughter see her today? You say your stepdaughter. Did she see her, or... Say that again. I'm trying to control a dog. Okay, your, your stepdaughter, did she see her? Um, no, no, nobody has seen her. Uh, I was putting her on the last night here last night. What time? Is it 9 o'clock last night? Yeah, by 9 o'clock we went to bed. You left this morning, right? Yes, at about 9. I'm sorry, so did you see her this morning or last night? No, I saw her last night at about 9 when she went to bed. And when I left, the van was here. And so she, she was, you don't know if she was still there or not. You didn't see her this morning. Right, except the van was still here. So I'm assuming she was sleeping. What time was the message sent to your stepdaughter? Uh, what, what time? About two hours ago? <clears throat> so about two hours ago? Yes. And it specifically said they won't let me go. Pardon? Yeah, that's what the message said. That's all it said, right? That's all it said. 
and she was last seen driving, or she was driving her. What kind of car is that? It's uh, I don't know because her car's in shop, so uh, uh, the rental place on uh, the van that she was driving is that what she be in, or you don't know? No, I don't know. It's uh, Enterprise. She went in a car for Enterprise. It's a Pacifica or something. That's the car you saw this morning, though, right? Yeah, the black van. Yeah. The black Pacifica? Yes, I'm pretty sure it's Pacifica. And that's the rental car? Yes, from Enterprise. All right, I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> what's her uh, What's her birthday? Deborah. D-D-D-I-E, or uh, her given her, name is Deborah. No, no, her birthday. Her birthday? And she white female, black female? Pardon me? She white or black? White. How tall is she? Uh, about five, five. How much do you weigh? About 150. 145, somewhere around there. What color hair? Uh, blondish. Would she be going to somebody's house or? That's a good question. I thought she was out shopping for food. Her daughter came over with that strange message and then went upstairs to her bedroom and found out that uh, uh, her driver's license and credit card is still here. So that doesn't sound like her leaving the house uh, to go shopping like I thought she was. She used to shop for food on Saturday. So she don't have any money at all with her or any other car? Not to our knowledge. She has nothing. But she is our purse there? Yes. She left the purse as well? Yes. Does she have family here in town? No, just her daughter. Have you tried to call the hospitals and jails to be sure? Uh, no, I didn't think of calling the hospital. Okay. Go ahead. I got them on the way out there to you. Okay. Go ahead, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead and call both hospitals okay. at St. Mary's and, and just check with okay. the jail as well to make sure. Um, and we'll have somebody come out there and talk to you. Okay. Um, I appreciate it. And your phone number. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Wow. Okay. There was a lot of information in that, you know? Like, it's not t- – like. He goes on and talks about how, like, she left her purse and her credit cards and all that kind of stuff. It's not typical for somebody who's going to go away willingly to leave all that kind of stuff behind. Right. Totally. It's bizarre. It's super bizarre, like, of what's going on. It, that And that Venmo transaction, like, I can't get over that. That's yeah. so interesting to me. Yeah. And a lot of people overanalyze this 911 call. We've talked about that before. Like, I hate doing that because you never know how you're going to react. And hindsight's 2020. We know she's missing now. We know all this other stuff. Steve didn't know that when he called 911. Right. He had only not known where she was for a couple hours. So everybody puts a lot of emphasis on that he's calm and he mentions... He doesn't mention the Venmo payment. He just message mentions the message. And it's like, because it's not important. 
on a 911 call. Like, that call already took eight minutes. Yeah, and I mean, I think, too, like, she's been missing only a few hours. Like, he's probably feeling a little, a little bit silly calling already. You know Maybe. what I mean? Like, Could you be. know, like, hey, look, like, this is kind of what's going on. We got this weird, like, hush, I don't know. Like, you know, that's kind of how mm. I would do it. Like, look, I'm reporting this because I don't know what else to do, but, like, I don't really know how I feel about it. Like, I'm, I'm not mad at him for it. No. And and like I said, for me, if I called 911, like this took way too long. I would not have been on the phone with 911 for eight minutes. If my spouse was missing and I really was panicked about it and really was concerned, I'd be like, just send somebody out here. I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about this on a cell phone that I can barely hear you. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong about that, but you're also not what people would call patient. So no. um, I can no, understand. I mean, I mean, if this guy is already a little like, I don't know if I should do this. Like, I don't know if it's the right move. And he's right. more patient than you. <laughs> yeah, I can see well, why. Southern he... people certainly are. They talk slower and everything. they're way more mellow. They're not as high strung as us West Coast people. Yeah, definitely. Well, at least your West Coast side, but yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty mellow. Yeah. So- Anyway, those are the the main points is that he said he left she left her purse and her credit cards and he doesn't mention the Venmo call or the Venmo payment, which he mentions the message. He just doesn't mention the payment. I don't think that's that weird. I don't think it's that weird either. Like, no, but we do learn that it is normal routine for them to go 12 hours in the same house without talking to each other. That's weird, at least from our family side. I mean. Mine too. That's but th- to me, that's another reason why he probably was calm in this nine one one call. Because obviously, they kind of do their own thing. They don't share bedroom. They don't obviously talk to each other. I mean, she went to bed at nine p.m. He left at nine a.m. the next morning. That's twelve hours, and they never saw or talked to each other. Yeah, that's kind of. I mean, nothing against them staying in separate rooms. I, you know, sometimes that happens. You know, for sleep or whatever. But yeah, like yeah, and that's what they say. They say Steve snores really bad, so Debbie has to sleep in a separate room. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Like, if I was gonna leave or something, like I'd go in and kiss Christine. You know, I'd I'd say goodbye. Yeah, and it's not like he left at four a.m. Right, like she apparently went to bed twelve hours before that. Like, who sleeps twelve hours a night if you're not a teenager? Yeah. No, you're not wrong. I mean, it's not typical, but I mean, it could happen, you know, like it's, you know, there are times where it's like, dude, I am so tired. You've been going and you do, you just like, or maybe you're a little sick and you just sleep for 12 hours, you know, like it's not, it's not common for an adult to do that, but it's, you know, there's those one-offs for sure where you just need extra sleep. Yeah. So based on the content of these calls, it seems like Steve's call was first and then the officer came out and they took the report. Steve and Amanda filed the report. And then Amanda calls back the next morning after obviously not sleeping all night and feeling like obviously the police aren't really doing that much. So <laughs> this enough. is Amanda's 911 call. And this call is about six minutes long, so if you've already heard it or you don't care, then you can fast forward six minutes. <laughs> we'll see you in six minutes, guys. Um, hi, um, my name's Amanda Bearden, and um, I saw a missing persons report on my mother last night, okay. uh, yesterday, excuse me, and I was just wondering if maybe I could speak with the detective that's been assigned to her case. Do you have any further information? I sure do. Um, I mean, do you want do you want the case number? I mean, I, I, I the case number so I can look it up that way. Um, bear with me just a second. I'm sorry. Okay, that's fine. Okay, it's um, 
two zero two two dash zero nine one zero um zero two one six two one six yes ma'am and the detective may not actually be in the building yet, so I, I may have to get your patrol officer, okay? So just bear with me just a second. Okay. <laughs> so 09010. <laughs> I'm sorry, the handwriting is not that great, but it's. Zero nine one zero zero two one six. Sorry about that. I think I missed. You're fine. It's only me. On Rocky Drive. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, and what kind of update do you have? Just so I know what to try to. Oh no, I, I. I'm sorry. I didn't mean like I had an update. I just meant. Oh my God! I didn't mean. I, I'm sorry. I I'm not in a clear mental state. I'm this is my mother that's missing. Um, I just I just wanted to talk to them. I wanted to see if maybe there was something that I could do. I do have the rental agreement number if they needed that. Um, I mean that's the only thing that I I have to offer. Maybe she was in a rental car. I do have her rental agreement number. They could maybe trace the GPS in it. All right, what's your phone number? I'm her daughter. Yes, ma'am. Take a deep breath for me, okay? I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I'd be upset too. I completely understand that part, like being upset about it. Um, so the officer that took your report is already gone for the day. Um, he worked last night. And then the detectives, I don't think they're in the building right now. They're kind of working on an on-call basis, so I don't know that I can get in touch with them and, unless I have something, you know, fresh to give them. That would be something. But I can see if I can get another officer to call you back, Okay. Okay, um, we've got the bolo out for we're like we got everybody you know keeping our eyes peeled for and that, that kind of thing so um, um I, i'm not trying to be a smart aleck here or anything but do i need to hire a private detective maybe because i i i mean and i'm not trying to be ugly or anything but it, 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 i don't understand why some i mean I, I know you don't know everything of course but why it hasn't what I've asked being done, like why isn't the GPS in the van being traced? Do I do I need a private detective to do that? I mean, I just I don't. I'm not trying to agree or anything. I know. I, I just the most help. Okay, so here's the thing. She's she's an like what what is she? she's an adult. Right. Okay. So that makes things a little more difficult because people are allowed to leave and go and do things without telling other people and I know that's not a good answer I understand that but that is also you know that is also part of it because she is an adult so it just, it just takes some time also to do these things so I don't I don't specifically know what they've done yet or not I wasn't here last night so I don't know but um from my understanding, they would be doing everything that we know to do currently, but I will definitely get somebody to call you back, okay? 
No problem, ma'am. I'm so sorry. I, I hate that this is happening to you. What was your name again, sweetie? Amanda Bearden. Amanda Bearden. Spell your last name. B-E-A-R-D-E-N. Okay. All right. I'll get somebody to call you back here shortly, okay? Thank you so much. Right, thank you. Bye-bye. It started off a little, like, interesting, but, I mean, I totally got it as it went on. Like, I get it. She doesn't really know what to do, and fair enough. Like, what are you supposed to do in this situation, you know? And yeah. I 100% her being beside herself, not knowing what to do. Probably the worst thing next to, like, her mom passing away is not knowing where she is. So, yeah, I understand yeah. that. You know, that's... I think that's fair. And, you know, I was a little critical at first because I was like, why didn't she just call the department? But like she said, she's not in the right mental space. And I, I don't think many of us would be in this situation. Like, I think you can kind of tell, too, while she's reading the number, like it's becoming real for her that the the case number is like that piece. that's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I actually have to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's kind of how I felt about it was like that was like the breaking point for her. She called in like, oh, yeah. Hey, just trying to get an update. And then, like, as she was reading that case number, it, like, settled in for her. Like, this is real, you know? And, like, that's yeah. kind of when my heart broke for her, you know? Just not yeah. knowing where her mom was, not knowing what to do next, not knowing literally what to do next. So much so, do I have to hire a private investigator? That's not something she should have to ask, you know? Like, that's... Yeah, and that's the big point of contention for a lot of people with this 911 call is... They're critical that she called 911 instead of calling the detective directly. But from what I understand in that 911 call, it's like they filed the report with a patrol officer and then heard nothing all night long. They didn't know who the detective was. And obviously the detective wasn't at work yet. So it's right. like, you know, I get why she just called 911 because she didn't know what else to do. She's like, I haven't heard anything all night long. Well, the other thing, too, to remember is that for us here in like a big metropolitan area, especially where I'm at in in L.A., 911 goes kind of to whoever answers first, maybe out in Athens, Georgia, where it's more rural, more spread out, not as many people, maybe 911 does go to the, the local the police uh, department. Y yeah. yeah. Or so. the sheriff. Yeah. Right. Maybe that's where they're stationed. And so like they already kind of have that info, you know, I mean, that could happen. I mean, maybe 911 is just straight up dispatch and they dispatch police and fire. Obviously not being from that area. We don't know. And if any of our listeners do know, we'd love to get some insight on that. Another thing that a lot of people bring up about this with her is that they think that that's too much and too soon to be like, do I need to hire a private detective and all this stuff? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I would have been yeah, calling PIs so. the night before. <laughs> especially when a patrol officer came out and was like okay we'll take the report i'll give it to a detective when they decide to come to work i'll be like yeah didn't that bitch just say that they were on call call them what are you talking about i'd be surprised to find out that you didn't have private investigators on retainer just in case you needed them so yeah but it's like this is her mother like are yeah. you kidding me yeah it's not a, that's not a shocking thing to me i i get that like doing everything, jumping to every single like possible conclusion. Like, yeah, that's normal stuff, I think. And what she's offering is good information. She's like, my mom was in a rental car. They have GPS. Trace it. Yeah. Like, what? why would you not do that? They are. They're very good questions. Like, I'm just curious why this hasn't happened yet. Like, well, it, it eventually does happen. Don't get me wrong. Like, we'll we'll keep going. But why it didn't happen the night she was missing, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it feels like 
this isn't a priority to them. Obviously, it's a priority to her. But this is one of those things where this should be a priority to everybody. And they're like, well, adults have the right to go missing. It's like, well, great. Then find them. Ask them if they want to be missing. And if they don't, then we're all good here. (laughs) Yeah. I never understand that mindset. Yeah. And it's different, too, when it's a parent and a child relationship. Because if they're close, like it sounds like they are, you know from being close to your parents, I know from being close to my mom, they would let me know before they went off because they know I would do something like this. Yeah. I just I just love the people on the internet that call her bitchy and stuff in this phone call. And I'm like, she specifically says, like, I'm not trying to be bitchy. <laughs> like, she says, I'm not trying to be ugly. I just want to know. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have even said that. I'd no, have been, you wouldn't bitch. have. No, your, <laughs> like, yours would have been a lot less nice. Yeah, I would have been like, if you don't know how to do your job, do I need to hire somebody that could do it for you? Like, that's my, no, that's my you, go-to. No, your, yours would be, do I need to learn how to do your job for you? And then yeah. you would tell them how to do their job for them. Yep. Anyway, another 911 call that comes in is from Debbie's sister. And her name's Denise Shirley. And she lives out of state in Alabama. So she only knows what her niece and Steve have told her which isn't a lot, just that she's missing because that's all they know. And so she calls in to see if she can get an update about what the hell's being done in her sister's case. And I'm not going to play that one for you at all because it's it's like 30 minutes of her wasting time just asking them what they know. And they're like, why don't you ask your family what they know? And she's like, well, they've told me what they know. I want to know what you're doing. And they're like, well, we're not doing anything. So <laughs> it's pretty clear. It's pretty much that. They were kind of they were kind of bitchy with her on that call because they were like, do you have anything to add to this or are you just, you know, which I get. Like, why are you calling 911 and just tying up the line? But she does mention in that call that her sister was in a car accident the month before, which may be why her car's in the shop. And according to her niece, Amanda, the sister says that it was um, this car accident was between Debbie and this guy who was on parole And the guy begged her not to call the cops because he wasn't supposed to drive as part of his parole and he didn't want to get in trouble, but she called the cops anyway. And so the sister's like, hey, this could be a lead. You know, you better look into this guy. They do look into that guy. Turns out he wasn't even on parole. He just didn't want them to call the cops. So who was this guy? Probably a dead end. It was just a guy she got in a car accident with. Oh, 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 okay, okay. She didn't know him. He was just a guy. He was driving in front of her and a paint can fell off his truck and hit her car. And it damaged her car and got paint all over it and the whole nine yards. Okay. All right. Cool. I'm on the same page now. I was like, where did this guy come from? Why would... But I get it now. But the sister says that the niece told her that that guy was on parole and that part of his parole was that he wasn't supposed to drive. So he asked Debbie not to call the cops during that accident. And so the sister's like, could this be a lead? Like, this guy maybe has an an out for her, which seems a little too much, right? Like, really? Well, but I mean, but again, they're just grasping at straws because. Well, and if he he actually is on parole, what's he on parole for? You know, (laughs) like. Yeah. Well, it turns out he's not, and that's probably a dead end. So that's why we're not going to go into that deal. So on Sunday, September 11th, so the next day, the rental car company, like Amanda suggested, pinged the Sirius XM radio in Debbie's rented Chrysler Pacifica, and the van was located. It was parked off the northbound side of Georgia Highway 15 in a turnoff that used to be an old logging road that heads like directly into the woods. Sketchy. Okay. Yeah. 
So the thing is, this road is like 60 miles north of where they live in Athens. It's like an hour away. Yeah, it's a good ways away. Yeah, so it's nowhere close to her home and no reason for her to be there. And nobody has any idea why she would be up there. She Nobody has said that she knows anybody up there or anything like that. So they find the car unlocked and empty. And another police officer from this county, which is Habersham County, because it's different from where they live, this deputy noticed that the car had been there since the day before, at least like 5 p.m. the day before. So the day she went missing. Right. So according to a police report later on, Amanda showed up at the scene where the car was found hysterical because the rental car company had told her where it pinged, so she went. And she was hysterical, according to the police reports, and she told them that her mom was not suicidal, she had no history of mental illness, like there was no weirdness there. Like, she has a bad back, she really wouldn't be in these woods walking around. You know, like, this doesn't seem normal for Debbie's routine. Right, doesn't at all. Yeah, so they bring in a canine officer named Forrester and his canine partner, Zane. About a quarter mile into the woods, the police report says this is what they find. I'm going to quote the police report right here. As Forrester proceeded south-southeast through the woods, Forrester called out to Sergeant Neal that he had located an item. Sergeant Neal and Foster quickly approached Forrester. Sergeant Neal observed a red tote bag laid on its side near an uprooted tree. At the root ball of the tree, Sergeant Neal observed what he appeared to be the remains of a fire. As Sergeant Neal approached the fire, he looked further down the embankment. Sergeant Neal observed what appeared to be a partially burnt, blue-in-color tarp. As he looked further down the embankment from the tarp, he observed a nude female laying on her back, grasping a small tree with her right hand. Oh my god. Sergeant Neal approached the female, immediately observing her to be obviously deceased and identifying her as Collier. Oh, jeez. I was not hoping for this. Sergeant Neal observed Collier's remains to be apparently burned with what appeared to be charring to her abdomen. Wow. She was found nude, partially burned, down an embankment. She had a red tote bag, a blue tarp, and was burned. But it's like, who would want this woman dead? Like, everybody describes her as loving and kind, and, like, there's no reason anybody should want her dead. Right, but as we've known from doing this podcast, there's lots of reasons why people kill for no reason. Yeah, of course. But also, why was she an hour away from her home? Why did she send her daughter that Venmo with all that money? Absolutely. Like, it's it's mysterious as shit. Yeah, no, there's a lot of really large questions still looming, for sure. So over the next few days, this is September 11th. So over the next few days, we don't really know a lot. We know her body was found. They they tell us about all this stuff that happened. People start digging into the Collier family a lot. They they learn a lot about her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend. And this is when a lot of speculation turns towards Amanda and Andrew being involved. Because it turns out they have a pretty rocky relationship. Lots of DV calls, some arrests, no contact orders that are violated a history of drug charges and drug abuse. Andrew's mom also was arrested last year for trafficking meth and is now serving a 30-year sentence. Wow. In the few days after her body's found, all of this drama comes out in the open. People start speculating hard at Amanda and Andrew. So because of that Venmo payment, too. I mean, $2,385 is not a little amount of money for an addict. No, it's not. That's... I'll get you a while. I'll get you a... Yeah, they'll get you around for a while. 
Yeah, and so people are starting to speculate right away, like, did she have something to do with her mother's murder? Like, and was it over money? So on September 14th, 2022, the police serve a search warrant on the house that Amanda and her boyfriend Andrew live in, in Athens, Georgia, which is actually owned by Steve Collier. Oh, what? Worked out? But Amanda and Andrew live there. Steve and Debbie live in their own house. Steve apparently owns a couple of rental places. Oh, that's great. That's great income. Passive income. Love that. Yeah. So the police haven't said if they found anything during this search, but Andrew has said that the police took their phones. And it was also listed as one of several search warrants served in the case that day. But the cops are pretty tight lipped on what the rest of them were, except this one. They're like, no, we searched Andrew and Amanda's house. That's probably for the best. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, the search warrants could just be for cell phone records and it could be not physical locations. It could be for things, but we won't find that out till later. So by September 21st, the police have publicly stated that they do not believe it was a kidnapping or a suicide. Okay. So what's left? Homicide. Well, kidnapping, though, I mean, I I would piece those together. Well, yeah, but they're saying that she would, like, maybe she went there willingly on her own and then was murdered. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. They're saying that it's not a kidnapping and it's not a suicide. So see how the more info they release, the less it makes sense? Yeah. No, I'm still con- I'm still very confused. So yeah. Yeah. So by the next week of the 27th, people are visiting the crime scene, taking pictures and video of all of the evidence that they left behind. Which, of course, being true crime people, were like they shouldn't leave anything behind. But turns yeah. out that's not what happens. They leave a ton of stuff behind. And so, pictures and being environmentalists, you shouldn't leave anything behind either. Pick up everything on under there. Leave no, leave no trace. Well, there's definitely a trace because people went out to where this was and thought like, well, maybe we'll see, we could see where the crime scene was and see anything. Well, certainly you could because they left police tape. They left multiple pairs of like the blue latex gloves that law enforcement uses during crime scene investigations. Jesus. They found pieces of burnt tarp. They found pieces of the red tote bag. Wow. They found partially burnt paper towels. Like, it's pretty unsettling how much was not collected. I was going to say, like, they didn't do a super great job at, like, getting all the evidence. Nope. Or even just cleaning it up so that people don't go through with video cameras and, you know what I mean? Like, even if they think, like, oh, that's just trash, which in a murder scene, almost nothing is just trash, even if it is trash. But, okay. (laughs) Whatever. So this is Habersham County, Georgia, okay? This is not CSI. Right. So 20 yards from where her remains were found, an unfired bullet was found by a news agency. I also think that this may not, I mean, an unfired bullet Mm -hmm. in Georgia. I feel Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of bullets laying around in In Georgia. In the woods. In the woods in Georgia, yeah. Yeah. So the investigators came out and took it into evidence most news agencies reported as not a recreational hunting round that would normally be found in the area. They say it's like an unusual round. What kind of round was it? Well, that's the thing. The investigators came out and took it into evidence just in case, but they said the same thing. They're like, ah, oh, we don't think this could be related. This could be nothing. You know, it's like, yeah, but you're supposed to take it anyway, just to be sure. Yeah. But all these news articles say that it's not a recreational hunting round, but I mean, I'm not a professional, but it looks like a 223 or a 556 to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The 223 and the 556 are used for shooting. They're the rounds you would put in an AR 15. Oh, I see. 
And people use AR-15s for hunting all the time. Like, it's not like something unusual that wouldn't be found in the woods in Georgia where people hunt. It do- it seems like a red herring, is the point. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, honestly, I, I don't think an AR-15 round found in the woods in Georgia is uncommon. That unusual. Yeah. Yeah, so... It also comes out around this time that Debbie was last seen at a family dollar store the day she went missing. I like her already. Thrifty gal. My kind of gal. Yeah. But the kicker is the family dollar store that she was last seen at is 13 miles farther north than where her body was found. So literally almost into North Carolina in a town called Clayton, Georgia. It's like 70 something miles from her home. Yeah. That's. Why? Peculiar. I mean, unless it's where the best deals are, you know? Well, there was $15 stores between her house and that one. Yeah, that's that's bizarre. You know, why was she so far away for such a common store? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So another clue and even more mystery. (laughs) Like, they already thought where they found her was far away from her house and she had no reason to be there. And then they find out that she was even farther away from her house at a family dollar store. Like, that's what a weird thing to like, why? So on September 30th, 2022, 19 days after her body was found, the police hold their first official press conference about this case. And this would be their first and only so far press conference in this case. So they said her autopsy, toxicology, and items sent to the crime lab are still pending results, obviously. But they can confirm that Debbie's car was seen on surveillance cameras headed north on that highway at 2.17 p.m. on Saturday. Then she arrived at the dollar store, at the family dollar store, at 2.55 p.m. Was she with anybody in any of these surveillance videos? No. And there's a small time gap here because it was only 12 or 13 miles from where her car was caught on camera to where she was seen at the dollar store, so it shouldn't have taken 38 minutes for her to get there, so... It's possible she made a stop somewhere, but they don't know. She pulls into the parking lot, goes into the family dollar, and then leaves at 3.09 p.m., sits in her car in the parking lot for 10 minutes, and then leaves at 3.19 p.m., headed south on Highway 15. So back towards her house and towards the crime scene, but on the wrong side of the highway from where her car was found in her body. Huh. 3.17 is when that Venmo payment was sent, and then her phone was turned off. But they have not confirmed that that payment came from her phone or if it came from a different device. But if it did come from her phone, she was sitting in that dollar store parking lot when she sent it, because she left the dollar store at 3.10 and sat in her car until 3.19. Is it significant that she sat in her car for nine minutes? Because I think we've all been there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Not to me, but people on the internet are going wild over it. They think that somebody might have been hiding in her back seat and telling her to make that Venmo payment. And I mean, I know, guess it's could not. Yeah. yeah, it's not not what could have happened. But although sitting in your car for nine minutes is kind of a lengthy amount of time, but I mean, we've all kind of gotten in our car and like got situated and you know gathered ourselves. I do it all stuff. the time. Yeah, and you know, especially so, when I'm talking on the phone. Yeah, like I'll make a phone call or something and. Of course, I can drive and talk on the phone, but sometimes you don't want to get where you're going still on the phone. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I get it. They they said flat out in this press conference that this case is complicated, and just when they think they have a hold of it, they get thrown a curveball and everything goes out the window. And it's like, yeah, you're telling me. Like, it's it just seems like this woman went missing. Your first thought is, oh, obviously her husband killed her. That's what always happens. Right. And then, like, the more info we get, it's like, oh, the husband didn't kill her? Like, what? 
And then you're like, she was an hour from home and she was at a dollar store and this Venmo. It's like, what, this is making less sense as it, we get farther into it. But they did clear up that Steve's alibi checked out. They have him on video at Sonovus Bank parking cars for the Georgia Bulldogs game from 9 a.m. to like 4.06 p.m. So that wouldn't have been enough time for him to drive up to where she was, do anything to Debbie, and then drive home and still report her missing by 6. So they pretty much cleared cleared Steve, although they said in the press conference they're not clearing anybody. Well, but sure. by saying that, they pretty much cleared him. Yeah. But they also don't really know what's going on, so they can't really clear anybody. Yeah. It's weird, too. Another thing that they did say that they cleared up was the purse confusion. So this is a huge debate on the internet because Steve, in the 911 call, says that her purse and her credit cards and everything were there at the house. Yeah. The police cleared this up because in the dollar store video, which we're going to get to in a minute, she has a purse on and she uses her debit card to buy the stuff she buys at the dollar store. And all of that and her phone was found with her at the crime scene. The police confirmed that. Okay. So either Steve was just frantic or he wasn't really saying the right thing on that night. Or maybe Debbie has two purses and she switches back and forth and he saw the other one and was like, yeah, she left her purse. You know? That's good insight because I would never have thought about that because I don't carry a purse normally. Well, I know like I carry one purse all the time, but like I know my mom changes her purses a lot for yeah. where she's going or what outfit she's wearing or whatever. So yeah. you could go in my mom's room and be like, oh, yeah, her purse is right here. And it's like, no, that was her yesterday purse. I'm more of a fanny pack guy, you know, yeah. maybe change those up, match the outfit. But I saw another one that I want to get and it's like a like a wrestling championship belt. How cool would that be? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be so cool. Yeah. We'll see if Christine lets you wear that. (laughs) Kind of cleared up the purse confusion, though. I mean, the police said the purse was found with her at the crime scene, and so was her phone. So if the Venmo was sent from her phone, she had her phone. Do you know what I'm saying? But they haven't confirmed that the Venmo was sent from her device. Well, it probably was sent from her device. I mean... To link up your Venmo to anything else, it's kind of a pain in the ass because you have to like go in and get things authenticated and stuff like that. So I strongly believe it was sent from her device. It's not just something you can flip back and forth from. Except that her and Steve shared a Venmo and shared a bank account. So these transactions actually went through as Steve Collier. Oh. But that was normal. They shared yeah. a bank account. Like when she had sent Amanda Venmo messages and and Venmo payments in the past, it always came through as Steve Collier. So we don't know if Steve has it on his phone, if they have it on an iPad, if they, you know. Yeah. We don't, it's not like you or I where it's just me on my bank account or just, you know what I mean? I guess yours isn't, you share a bank account with your wife, but. I also have my own and she has her own, so. Right. So, but if you didn't, I don't know. Could your Venmo be on more than one device at a time? I don't know. I've only I've never done that. It's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. So and also we don't know if this money was normal. Like we don't know what this was for or about. Obviously, we don't know what the message was about, but maybe this money was nothing. Maybe it was like she had already planned to give her that money for a deposit on rent or something or a credit card bill or something. You know what I mean? Like maybe the money didn't have anything to do with the message. Um, yeah. I don't know. Could could go any way with that. So in this press conference, they cleared up the purse confusion that her purse and her cell phone were found at the crime scene. And they also asked any businesses or anyone on Georgia 15 that has video to reach out to them because they're trying to narrow down this timeline. They now Is know- Georgia 15 the local news? 
No, it's the highway. Georgia Highway. 50. Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember now. Yeah, it's the highway that goes straight up the state of Georgia. So gotcha. Yeah, it's where off. It's where the logging thing is. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and so this is where they saw at two seventeen her going north on Georgia fifteen. Then she was at the dollar store, and then she left the dollar store at three nineteen and went back south. And then her car was found the next day on the northbound side. So they asked anybody with video. To reach out to them. They also confirmed that Amanda says she didn't see her mom on Saturday, but talked to her on the phone. They, like I said, confirmed Steve's alibi that he was at the game. And the surveillance footage from the family dollar store was released. And again, it made everything less clear. On the footage, she pulls in the parking lot. She parks for a second, maybe 10 seconds. And then she pulls to a different spot, like closer to the door, which is pretty normal. Like, if you see a spot closer, you might move. (laughs) Yeah. And on the footage, she goes inside casually. She locks her car. She appears to be alone. And she purchases a blue tarp, a poncho, a torch lighter, paper towels, and a red tote bag. What? So everything found with her. Yeah. What the? Why? Obviously, we don't know, but. We don't know. Okay. Yeah. So that's what everybody is speculating on now is what the hell. So I know the story's been kind of convoluted, but she goes missing. Her her family reports her missing. And then they retrace her steps once they find her car and her body. They retrace her steps of that day. And at 2.17, she's seen on Georgia Highway 15 going north. 38 minutes later, she's at a dollar store that's over an hour away from her house. Buying a tote bag, a lighter, a poncho, a blue tarp. And she's wearing her Georgia Bulldogs jersey, like as if she was going to go watch the game somewhere or tailgate or something. And then she gets in her car in the parking lot. She sits there for 10 minutes. The Venmo is sent at 317, and then she leaves at 319, heads south on Highway 15, and that's the last anybody's seen her. They don't, they haven't been able to find her car going southbound on the 15, like in video surveillance, like they did on the northbound side. But then her car is found the next day on the northbound side, and her body is found in the woods. Yeah. So what the hell is going on here? What was her cause of death again? Obviously, I know she was burnt and, and stuff. But they like... don't know. Okay. The autopsy results are still pending. All right. So Damn. I mean, the investigators might know, but they haven't released it yet. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. This really is a clue mystery. Yeah, and that press conference was over a week ago. And all we've learned since then is that the FBI is now assisting the Habersham County Sheriff's Office. On Thursday the 6th, they announced that. So just a couple days ago. Well, at least they didn't turn down the help like we've seen way too many other times. Yeah, and that was a big point of contention in this press conference. They were asking why they haven't asked for help yet. Like, obviously, you guys can't handle this. Why haven't you asked for help? And they were like, well, the GBI is doing the lab testing, and it's a multi-agency. We're just the lead. And, like, it, they... It, it was kind of weird. And then all of a sudden now they're like, yeah, the FBI is helping. It's like, oh, good. <laughs> they needed to be. So, so I'm glad that yeah. they are. Yeah. So this is this is a, a real mystery. And the Internet's going wild. Obviously, you can watch hours of this video footage, people trying to trying to put together what the hell went on here at this dollar store, because that's the last time she's seen. And she's buying all the same things that were found at the crime scene. Yeah. And this Venmo payment is mysterious. If it came from her phone, it appears like she did it sitting in that parking lot. Yeah. 
a few things that we have learned, like through internet speculation and all that kind of stuff, is that Andrew is like one of the only, the daughter's boyfriend, is like one of the only family or friends who's really spoken publicly about anything. He's been like all over YouTube commenting on people's videos. Like he's giving timelines and stuff like, well, Amanda didn't see the Venmo message right away. That's why we didn't call till six. And because people are wondering why they didn't call as soon as they got the Venmo message. Yeah, it might be in his best interest just to shut up. Yeah. Which, his explanation does make sense. Like, I mean, my phone could go off and I don't see it for an hour or two, you know? Sure. It makes sense. No, I. it doesn't. It's not that it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's that he should just shut up right now. Yeah, especially because the more he talks, the more people look into his past. And there's a YouTube community, like a, a YouTuber. She's really great. And she has, like, this video about how Andrew's court fees... Add up to $2,385, like, exactly. No way. Yeah. But other people have looked up the court fees, and I tried looking up the court fees, and there's a lot that I can't find. It doesn't add up to that to me, So from what I can find. So I don't know if that's just, like, a like a internet thing. Yeah. But it is interesting. That's super interesting, if that's true. Yep. And a lot of people are speculating about, does Steve know what the money was for? Is that why he didn't mention the money and he only mentioned the message? Maybe he knew Debbie was going to transfer her $2,300 for something specific. Do you know what I'm saying? I guess. I mean. Like if if they had a plan, to, they talked about it and they're like, yeah, we're going to give Amanda $2,300 for her first and last month's rent at her new apartment, say. Like maybe that's why he didn't mention the money transfer because he knew that was going to happen. Maybe that's why he only men- mentioned the message. Maybe, yeah. That oh, that's so. a good idea. Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually a pretty good thought. Yeah. Well, has anybody thought like maybe Steve was the one who sent the money? Yeah, I, I mean, I have, <laughs> and I thought maybe that's what the message might have been was they won't let me go. Maybe he was talking about his work. Like they're not letting me out of work. Here's the money. Good luck or whatever. I don't know. But the only thing that I can say about that is that if Steve did send that message, why wouldn't he just say, no, that was from me, not from Debbie? Yeah. No, I, yeah. Why hasn't he said anything yet, you know, about, yeah. oh yeah, that, that was me. That makes. Well, why hasn't anybody said anything is the weird thing. Like no family or friends are coming out and pleading with anybody for information. Like nobody's saying anything. It's weird that it's just kind of, they've just kind of stopped, huh? Well, they never started. Nobody has said anything. They started looking for her, asking questions, calling the police and stuff, and now they've just kind of stopped. Well, they still talk to the police, but nobody's talked to the the media or the public, oh, oh, which I is see. not normal in a case like this. Normally, the, the grieving husband is all over the news trying to convince people he didn't kill his wife. You know, like Chris Watts was all over the news saying he didn't kill his wife and his kids, and then it's like, oh, but you did. So. But Chris Watts did, so maybe right. this is the right. this is the behavior yeah. of somebody who didn't do it. You yeah, know? maybe, <laughs> maybe that's true. So there's also a picnic area, um, like a turnoff similar to the logging road on this on the northbound side where her car was found and her body. On the southbound side, there's like a turnoff that goes to a picnic area. So there's another theory that she could have been meeting somebody at that picnic area, and then. Maybe they got back on the highway on the other side and pulled off on this logging road. I mean, it would make sense for that to be the meeting spot, I suppose. Like, it's abandoned. There's not a lot of people there. Right, but who was she meeting? Well, that's a different story. And we don't know it. No, we don't. So we could go on for days about the different theories, but the gist of it is that we have no idea. 
And the internet is pretty much already convicted Amanda and Andrew. Everybody on the internet or on any of the forums about this case or anything, they just think that Amanda and Andrew needed the money and they stole it from her and killed her. There's a hundred different ways, like Andrew could have done it without Amanda knowing. I guess that's true, yeah. Especially if his court fees added up to that exact amount. But like, hey man, don't send yourself the exact amount. You know, like that seems pretty obvious stuff, but like. But what it does seem like is somebody who would try to make it look like it was Andrew and Amanda. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that, but why would I? Yeah. Like who's, who would want them to, to be it? Obviously we don't know that answer, but. Whoever actually killed her. That's what I'm saying. Whoever actually killed Debbie, maybe they're trying to frame Andrew and Amanda. But for that to be the case, but for that to be the case, they would have to know. Yeah. Them pretty intently, like have to know what's going on in their life. So, yeah, I mean, is it possible she was having like some kind of an affair? Well, yeah, I mean, that's where I don't want to speculate too hard on this because any day now the police are going to have a press conference of who they arrested. Like this is going to get solved immediately. There's way too much video and phone data and all that. Like she was in a rental car that had GPS. Like they're going to figure this out pretty quickly. So I don't want to, like, go too deep into my theory, but that's my theory is there's an unknown entity here. I don't know if it's an affair that she's having or an affair that Steve's having or, you know, like, but there's something. She was meeting somebody in the fucking woods. Yeah, with a tarp and paper towels and a red bag. There's. I feel like she bought the bag. I've watched the dollar store video a lot. And I feel like she bought the bag to carry the other items that she bought in. The paper towels, the poncho, the the lighter. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. I can get behind that. But, like, again, why was she buying all of this stuff? I mean, obviously she had an intention of where she was going. She was going to go to this logging road. But for why? Or somewhere else. And then she ended up at that logging road. But that's what, to me, it seems like... She was buying items to go meet somebody for a picnic or a barbecue to watch the Bulldogs game. Like, she was wearing her Bulldogs jersey, and it was right before—the game started at 4 that night. And she left that dollar store at 319. Yeah, but it probably wasn't uncommon for people to be wearing Bulldogs jerseys throughout the week, not just on game day. Yeah, but especially on game day. Yeah, especially like, I on know game some, day for sure. Sometimes I even wear an Alabama shirt on Saturdays, and I don't, I, unless I'm with Mom and Mike, I don't watch the game. Yeah. Well, I don't really care about college football that much, to be honest with you. Right. But people in Georgia do. I don't know. I, I We're not going to get super far into the theories on this one because you could just go down rabbit holes forever. And there's a million hours of watching surveillance video in slow motion on YouTube if you really are into that kind of thing. I, for one, am not, but I'm sure there's plenty of people who are. Any day now, we're going to get an update and an arrest is going to be made. Like, there's no way. There's no way this is going to go on. Uns- I shouldn't say that, but... There's no way this is going to go unsolved. Like, there's too much electronic evidence. There's too much video surveillance. There's too much. I'm going to go ahead and say we're not going to know what happened for months. You think it's going to take that long? Yes, I do. It shouldn't, but I have a feeling that this is going to be one with, like, twists and turns. And, like, they're going to be like, dude, we have no idea because they're just not going to be able to be sure what's going on and and stuff. So I think it's one of those things where it makes so little sense that like it's really it's kind of hard to know where to start honestly yeah there so. has to be another entity that we don't know about yet another person like that connects all of this like that would make it why she was up there you know what i'm saying 
Yeah, 100%. Because even if you think the daughter and the daughter's boyfriend are involved, what the hell was she doing in northern Georgia, like almost into North Carolina at a dollar store? Why was she up there? Yeah. No, I think you're totally right. Yeah. Like, what was she doing up there? She, she was there, obviously there to meet somebody that she didn't want anybody else to know about. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But the other thing that's weird about that to me is it was 3.19 p.m. She was at that dollar store, right? Mm-hmm. 3.19 p.m. The husband got off work at 4.06. Like, that wouldn't have even given her time to get home before he got home from work, even if she left that dollar store and drove straight home. So it's like, what what were you doing? up there? Like, I've never been that far away from home, and my husband doesn't know where I am. Or me, or your mom, or my wife, or... That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how you're... <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know how you're an over an hour away from where you live, and nobody has any idea where you are. Like, that's some... That's some level of privacy like I do not have and I don't <laughs> I don't know a lot of people that have that. That's true. You don't have that. You couldn't be an hour away from your home for 3 minutes without somebody being like, "Why are you in Santa Monica? What are you doing?" Without you saying that. That's what you mean. Right. Without you saying or your wife you in- or your sister or my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're probably yeah, okay. I'll give it to you. You are right about that. That's what I'm that. saying. Like that's a level of privacy like do none of these people track each other? She had an iPhone, I think, or she had some sort of smartphone. Obviously, if she was able to send Venmo. Yeah, definitely. And it's so, 2022, so everyone does. Yeah. I just think that's, that's and I know she has an iPhone because her daughter called in the next day, which we didn't play, and she offered her mom's iCloud information. And she was like, this is all I have to offer. She was like really devastated. Yeah. And she's like, I thought I knew the password, but I can't get in. So maybe you guys have some kind of technology that you can get in with, you know, so which is wild. Like, that's what I'm saying. I really hope it's not the daughter. I know that's the main theory that everybody's going with right now, but I just I don't want it to be. (laughs) I just don't. I don't want it. Yeah, I don't want it to be either. That's that's worst case scenario. Yeah, especially because everything I've heard from her besides like. That people don't like her because she's a drug addict and stuff like that. Everything that I've heard as far as the 911 calls and stuff, it seems like exactly how I would react. In the, I'd be like, here, this is what I have. Do something with it or I'll hire somebody. It does somebody. sound like that. Totally. You know? from, from here in the 911 tapes, I think that's pretty normal behavior. And I mean, maybe she's a great actress. That's what I was going to say. But, it's like, I just um, don't want that to be true. I don't want it to be that she's lying. Because if she is, she's real good at it. Yeah, really good at it. But that's pretty much the the case of Debbie Collier as we know it so far. Like I said, any day now they've they've got they'll release some other piece of information that'll make absolutely less sense. <laughs> it's so, on its way. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they're recording the press conference as we're talking. That's gonna be like, well, here's the latest update, and it'll be like, oh, all of this video was wrong. That was actually on Tuesday. You know, it'll be something dumb. Well, <laughs> yeah, and you'll be there for it. You've been following this case. Every single step of the way. Yep. So that's our uh, case for this week, and we will uh, keep you updated as this unfolds any farther and takes the next turn. Yeah, as we always do. But in the meantime, you can go to our Instagram, at From Crime to Crime. You can go to our TikTok, at From Crime to Crime, where Erica's Do You Might Know has taken off. That's getting a ton of good feedback. So go look at it. Go listen. You might know some of those does, but nevertheless, it's very good content. You did a really, really good job on those. I've been watching them whenever Christine shows them to me, and they look great. Um, (laughs) Thank you. 
yeah. You can go to our tick or no our Twitter at from crime to crime and Eric has a burner account somewhere on there too. Come let us know what you think. And if you know anything about this and don't want to tell the FBI, you want us to tell the FBI, we would be happy to. <laughs> or just come and talk about your theories with me because Grant doesn't have any because he doesn't know the case. So if you guys are really <laughs> interested in this case and you want to discuss it, let's let's talk about it. I know my opinion about Amanda and Andrew hopefully not being involved is very unpopular. It's like my intruder theory on the John Bonet. It's like opposite of what yeah. everybody else thinks. Yeah, no kidding. I know. It's always the major ones where I'm like, nah, I don't want to go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if it, if it was the major one, then we'd probably get them figured out by now. So it's probably, you're probably right. It probably is a more unlikely scenario on both both aspects John Bonet and Debbie Collier yeah maybe all right guys well don't forget to change your Amazon smile to DNA Doe Project and we will see you next week I love you I love you too babe bye bye